You are listening and watching episode 119 of Wanderings and Woolgathering, brought to you by the Kokomo Lantern and 4411 Creative Agency. And now, on to the show. Welcome to Wanderings and Woolgathering. Look. It's Metalhead Muddy. He's already here. Yeah, and of course, it starts immediately with I'm getting the crackle. So no. I don't know if that's, that's going to come through or what. No, we're not dealing with the crackle tonight. It's not happening. I don't know if we're going to have a choice. Well, I don't hear it, so hopefully nobody else hears it. If you hear a crackle, <laughs> just leave us a quick comment so we can uh, talk, uh, about, let me talk about the crackle briefly. So uh, tonight's episode is going to be a little bit different because um, we don't have a new album to review. Next week, I believe we're doing Jack White, his new one drops. Then um, this week, we didn't have anything huge. And last week, we had the world premiere of David Quartet. So that was super huge. And I know this week, Mr. Mundy and I have been hot and heavy on comics. We've gotten some new ones and read some album art and we're gonna talk about two issues of sandman which is just around the corner so uh welcome to the show mr mundy thank you appreciate that i'm looking forward to uh i know we've both recently acquired some uh cool old classic comics and um you know maybe dip in a little bit to whatever we're reading now current stuff and of course there's always Sandman. Always Sandman. Always Sandman. <laughs> it's timeless. Endless, if you will. Endless. But no, boom. Did anybody get that there. joke? Yeah. We got somebody. there. We got there. <clears throat> um, well, anyway, we do have a lot to get to. And I wanted to share something musical to begin before we jump into the comic stuff. And it is... We, we had a good week this week, actually, at Humble Home. Mr. Mundy got something he can tell you about in a minute. And I picked up, surprisingly enough, Ghost Vinyl at Humble Home. What a great purchase. And hey, keep then, talking. I'm going to grab my purchase real quick because I didn't do oh, that. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to remove him so that um, this is really big. So unbeknownst to me, inside the vinyl is a huge book. And this is what you want. When you buy an album is fantastic art on the inside and so each song has a dedicated page of lyrics and artwork for instance and I, i've got some digital that i can show you here in just a moment but this thing is phenomenal when you're sitting down like we used to do and you're listening to a record and you're looking through the liner notes and you're checking out those lyrics and the album art this is a tasty feast it gives you a lot to look at take in the artwork is just beautiful i want to share we're going to go back a few here so <clears throat> this is the album it's ghost impera this is the vinyl the vinyl is indeed bright pink and um, it is a very, very bright album. And so here are some of the, so you can see it a little bit closer. This is a couple of the pages 
in this book that I just showed you. It's this, each one is this large, beautiful art, very detailed. Um, the shading is fantastic. And um, when I showed it to my wife, she instantly said, well, that looks like Durer. And I was like, oh, okay, guess what? <laughs> she was not wrong. <laughs> that is Albrecht Durer, who is a famous artist. And they're very similar in their shading styles and the detail on the page. Um, we'll go back and forth here to a couple of these. Just beautiful. And Rob Moss has joined us. And um, he said, his colored records always seem to warp. I will be storing mine vertically in hopes that that does not happen. And I played it once already all the way through, and it sounded fantastic. So I was really thrilled about that. Those 180-gram records really do sound a lot better than the old ones. But um, that artwork is just beautiful. So um, I just, you can't expect anything more in an album than that, and I'm super stoked that I got that. So there you go, Mr. Mundy. And um, while I was there, I gave Metalhead a quick call and said, hey, guess what they have here? Yeah. Go ahead and show them what they had. They had the Metallica Black Album three-disc special edition. The remaster, the anniversary, so it opens up to this like crazy gatefold thing, and it's got three discs and all that so it's basically it's the the black album remastered the uh cd of riffs demos rough mixes and easy listening music it says Ooh, elevator and, music, okay. yeah and then the third <laughs> disc is called wherever we may roam and it's uh live stuff uh recorded between like i think it said 91 and 95 maybe something like that so uh and it comes with the book that's got i don't know well i mean this is yes this is very different from the original book i mean it's just like packed full of pictures and stuff by the legendary photographer ross Ross uh, Halfen, who has done a lot, a lot of work with uh, many bands, but Metallica mm -hmm. specifically, he's done a lot of stuff with them. So pretty cool. And it was only like 10 bucks. So it's a lot cheaper than <laughs> when it came <laughs> out. So but yeah, Humble Homes is like a local store here in Kokomo. And they just, uh, I don't know if anybody out there is familiar with the store Big Lots. It's kind of that same basic concept like that when stores they they've had their merchandise they've clearanced it out and they still have a bunch of crap left and they'll just sell that off to like the you know highest bidder for pennies on the dollar and then these stores buy those lots of junk basically that other stores couldn't sell and they try to sell it to us idiots so then hey they got us this week <laughs> made us idiots very happy so i would this is two weeks in a row for me because last week i got the jack white vinyl and um the rick remender captain america omnibus nice which and they're like half the price or less of yeah. what you would pay at the store so yeah awesome. i think uh they have currently when i when we got these they had a morbius like a marvel mm -hmm. morbius omnibus that was i want to say was like uh 
man, was it like 200 bucks, a $200 book, maybe? That one, was, that one was, was about $90. Yeah, okay. I looked at another one. They had a 100 bullets on yes. the bus. That was almost like the first 58 issues or something like that. And I think that one might have been a $150 book. And it was like... Dirt. $39.99. Yeah, like 40, 50 bucks. Yeah. So yeah. I did not get it because I already have that stuff, but yeah. But if you don't, man, you can't miss. Yeah. Pretty cool. But it's like, you know, you never know what you'll find in there because that's not they don't have like regular supply mm -hmm. stuff. It's just whatever yeah. they get. Yeah. So I like to go in every couple of weeks and just see what they've uh, refreshed with. And vinyl is new there. They haven't had that for a while. Then all of a sudden now they've got more and more each week so i was lucky to score a couple that's cool and they're like ten dollars and now you go anywhere else and finals oh. 40 50 and, yeah. and up so i was gonna say 30 easy and up probably yeah it depends but so that was cool and we before we get into our comics we do have one more musical thing that we got to figure out so uh go ahead and introduce them here and i'll get ready to pull this up so <clears throat> I got a notification on my phone earlier today that um, uh, Foggy, myself, and our friend JPP were all tagged in this post on Instagram by our friend uh, Kevin Raider Rodebaugh on, uh, he's from Jack the Radio, our friends in Jack mm -hmm. the Radio. He's been doing, kind of tinkering around with a lot of electronic music, just kind of making loops and, you know, bleeps and bloops and stuff like that and posting little snippets of it. But uh, he tagged us in one and he was like, hey, I bet you can't guess uh, what what I pulled this organ sample from. <laughs> and so far, none of us have been able to figure it out. Well, we're going to play it right now. You and I are going to try to figure it out. And if there's anybody else yeah. who can try to figure this out, more power to you. Are you ready? Yep. And away we go. I have no idea. There's like that I, beat underneath it, and I can't. I know. Like, I think that's what's throwing me off. Like maybe if I heard, if I heard like just the sample or mm -hmm. the original song, it'd be like, oh sure, that's blah blah blah. But I put it together with that beat, like I, I it just it turns into that song. I don't know. So yeah, somebody had guessed Thriller, so I was trying to hear Thriller in that. Yeah, I think, I think uh, uh, JPP guessed that, and yeah. Kevin was like, nope. <laughs> so hmm. oh well we'll have to it'll probably be something we had no idea about or, or it's one of his own songs that he's redone yeah let's paint the sky no, well, no it's not uh no paul paul guessed uh or asked if it was a jack the radio song and he said no so gotcha it's not one of theirs hmm but he he let us know that we were he was uh very disappointed in us for not figuring it out right away 
So crap. No, I feel really bad. Now so, we're gonna hear and we're gonna be like, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I know. As soon as he says what it is, we're like, yeah, of course it is. So you know, Ridiculous. whatever. Yeah, well, we're not smart. <laughs> I enough. suck. We suck. We're not worthy. Yeah, well, I was hoping Rob Moss would come up with it, but nope. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <laughs> All right. Well, Mr. Mundy and I made some fun purchases this week. We did. Would you like to share what you got, sir? Yeah. So um, I am kind of a DC Comics guy. Um, I mean, I love Marvel. You know, Captain America is one of my favorite characters. And when I was a kid, uh, it was I didn't care. Like, I, I never was like, oh, I'm a Marvel zombie. Oh, I'm a DC guy. Like, I don't I just like comics and I like tons of characters mm -hmm. I do. I tended to gravitate towards the DC stuff. Batman has always been my favorite. Um, but uh, and then, of course, like when Vertigo came in, I was all about that. And, you know, just I've always been kind of more of a DC guy, but I still love Marvel and lots of indie stuff. So but uh, I am the Spectre is one of my favorite characters um i the his series in the 90s absolutely fell in love with that so uh ever since then i've been trying to get everything specter that i can possibly get my hands on there was a series where when hal jordan was the specter i have all of that i have all of the 90s series the specter series from the 80s i need one issue to complete my run there so and it has been eluding me for years <laughs> um i could probably go online and find one but that's so fun yeah yeah um so but i never had any really any older specter stuff um in the last few years i've gotten some like uh his appearances in other series like uh DC Comics Presents and, you know, different stuff like that. But in 1974, there was a, oh, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Could be possible. <laughs> um, but anyway, so in 1974, uh, man, I'm going to forget his name now. I have to look. I can't remember his first name, but it's uh, Fleischer. I always want to say Max, but that's a cartoon guy. Yeah. Mike, <laughs> Michael Fleischer. Yeah. And uh, Jim Aparo, who is one mm -hmm. of my absolute favorite artists. Uh, he was on one of the Batman books when I started reading regularly. So he will forever be like my Batman artist. Mm -hmm. And He's been around since the 60s, and I've always loved Jim Aparo's work. So in 1974, Michael Fleischer and Jim Aparo came into Adventure Comics, and they did, for 10 issues, they did the main feature in Adventure Comics with the Spectre. And, man, it's good stuff. I have a, I have a trade paperback that collects all this stuff, but until, like, this last week or so i never had any of the actual issues now i have all 10 um so 
this is, I mean, it's gorgeous stuff. I mean, just look at those covers. But it's also really cool because at this time, even though this has the, I mean, these have the, uh, where, where can I go here? The Comics Code Authority mm -hmm. labels on them. They're pretty brutal. Mm -hmm. Like, this was part of the reason that came about was because of the horror comics of the fifties and, you know, the whole, whatever, juvenile delinquency, whatever, because comics causes that, of course. Of course. Um, uh, so these are basically horror comics. I mean, they are there. It's, you know, the specter is the, the wrath of God or whatever. And, he basically finds people that have done wrong and punishes them. And the way he pun I mean, just that first cover, I mean, like the dude is melting. So <laughs> like a candle, I mean, it, it's all, it's crazy. It's, and this one, that is one of the things this series is lauded for is it's, I mean, just the brutality of the specter's punishments. So pretty cool and like i said i've never had them before so i finally got all 10 some of them are in very rough shape but uh that's all right i have them and i can always replace them later as i come across more copies but uh they're you know they're not super cheap so these might be the only ones i get but we'll see <laughs> but i have them so it's cool so it's mm -hmm. and it's a double whammy for me because it's the Spectre and Jim mm -hmm. Aparo. So love it. Totally happy with that purchase. Yeah, Spectre is awesome. Such a great character. Yeah. I that the 90s series that uh John Ostrander wrote, mm -hmm. I mean, that is one of my favorite series of all time. And and Still, I'm getting the crackle every once in a while. I know. You're good. Well, I can hear I, you. I haven't missed a beat so far. I know, but I can hear it, and I hope I don't know. It might be coming through on the audio, but um, anyway, it's distracting for me. But because uh, I feel like then I'm trying to talk over it. But anyway, um, yeah, that Ostrander series was awesome, and I got several of those signed when I had the chance to hang out with Mr. Ostrander a few years ago mm -hmm. at the Kokomo Con. Mm -hmm. um, I got the chance mm -hmm. to be his handler, I get for, you know, loss of a better term. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was very cool sitting with him and getting some books signed and talking to him about a lot of the stuff he's written over the years. He's one of the greats. So. He is. Yeah, and that's a great run. When we finish with our Sandman read-through, we should do the Spectre read-through, because I have all those as well. I do, too. That would be a good one. I was going to get yeah. on JPP and tell him to start buying some Spectre books. It'd be a little shorter than Sandman, too, because it's only 60 issues. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, a, I think a zero issue and maybe yeah. an annual. And it's way cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I guess he would buy it collected. But, um, it's so great to have the individual ones because of all the covers are amazing and some of them are glow in the dark and uh, it's a fantastic run great character yeah yeah those um, are good pickups yeah and that's that's another thing about the specter books too is 
not i mean all of these adventure comics books that's all the covers are jim aparo mm -hmm. which is awesome but the later series like the 80s 90s and the 2000s series i mean amazing covers like mm -hmm. crazy like murderer's row of artists it's it's insane yeah jim aparo is awesome yeah yeah those were cool and you said those were 74 uh yeah sorry the publishing date on the first issue is like january february 74 so i'm like late 73 i'm sure is when they came out gotcha well my pickup 72 so i this i'm a huge fan of etrigan the demon mm -hmm. and excitingly enough you know who was introduced in these books with jack kirby right uh i mean i can think of one but it's i i feel like it may not be who you're thinking of who you got well clary and the witch boy yay <laughs> that's, is that what you were talking I about i love clary and the witch boy <laughs> that's and great. grant morrison did him so well and now there's a female that uh, dc is using um it's on i think earth 11 it's in a story they're telling um, they have all the multiversity, you know, comics, you know, Grant Morrison did that multiversity yes. series years ago, which was so cool. And yeah. so now they're doing multiversity books and they have like a young justice team. And instead of Clarion, it's a female version of him and it's, she's on the team. It's really cool. cool. So I picked up the, uh, the demon one through 16 from Jack Kirby. And yes, here they are. There's that first cover. Yeah. If you know anything about Jack Kirby, everything comes at you. He oh, loves yeah. his foreshortening and reaching out and um, force perspective. You got a big hand coming forward. That's all Jack <laughs> Kirby, baby. And yes, number seven is the first appearance of Clarion the Witch Boy. Yeah. So I was super excited to get that. I love how they play him in the Young Justice cartoons. He's so he's like whiny. He got this weird whiny, high pitched voice, and it's so funny. Does he have Tickle in the? Yes, the cat. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. That did not change. the The girl version of Clarion also has Tickle, and um, so these for me, Jack Kirby is visually stunning always. Yes. And idea-wise, there is none better. I mean, Dark Side, all the fourth world characters, that stuff mm -hmm. is amazing. However, when people try to act like Jack Kirby wrote Fantastic Four back then or whatever, if Stan Lee hadn't stepped in and handled the dialogue and all of that, I don't know what the books would have been. Because Jack Kirby, in that regard, was not... That wasn't his strong suit. His strong mm -hmm. suit was ideas and line work. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. that was Jack Kirby. And so this one actually is better, I think, story-wise with him writing the stories uh, than some of his other work. It, it still okay. holds up pretty well. It's got a huge focus on Merlin, which is great. That's yep. always in the background of Etrigan because obviously Merlin's the one that brought him around or whatever, you know, and linked him with Jason Blood. Are they, is that the only connection? I thought they were like brothers or half brothers or something like that or maybe i'm thinking of something else um that's a good question i have to look that up i don't know but what usually happens is they mention merlin or yeah, sure. they talk about it but he's like really involved in these stories yeah and so there is that arthurian part to that because of course the uh, 
you know, Camelot is destroyed in the first issue of the demon. Um, and Morgan Le Fay goes and tries to find the crypt of Merlin and all that. But anyway, so I like that, that it's tied more closely to Merlin and it makes for a better story. And even though it's 1972 and it is Kirby, it's kind of got a charm to it, but it's just not goofy. Like his Jimmy Olsen work was back in the day and yeah. some of those weird things. It's a, so far, I haven't, I haven't read all 16, but so far I'm really thrilled and loving what I'm reading. And that's as far as it went, right? It's just a 16. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I knew it was short, but uh, I think our friend uh, Ed just finished his run of that as well. Mm. Yep. And then I've got to finish the 90s run. I've got a lot of those, but um, that, that was a different run. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of crazy. I only have a few of those. I have mm -hmm. the ones, of course, with him and Lobo and... Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have too many of those. I think I have the first couple and then the ones with Lobo, and that's probably about it. And, it, and if a writer can make him rhyme, all the better. Because yeah. when he's rhyming, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> and it can come across, like, through an entire issue, it can be a little tedious sometimes. But if the guy's a good writer, it just is awesome. And he should yeah. always rhyme. And he doesn't always rhyme here. So oh, really? He does not all the time, no. So, okay. Very cool. And that, don't we find out, uh, I don't think, was that in Sandman or was it, or do we just find out somewhere along the line with like uh, the rhyming demon? That's he's, like in, a, he's in Sandman earlier. He is, yeah, yeah, but I don't remember. It's where we find out that the, the uh, speaking in rhyme like that is like almost like a, a level of demon, hmm. demon-ness or demon-ship or whatever. It's like you have to be at a certain level to rhyme like that or something. I don't I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere, but I don't remember where that came into play. Hopefully that'll come up later in Sandman. Yeah. That would be awesome. Uh, any other comic news from you this uh, week? Uh, not much. I was just kind of looking at what I've been reading lately and like, you know, reading all the Dark Crisis stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're checking oh, that out. Of course. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, even like I'm, I'm trying to get all of it just because there's not, there's not really that many books that it goes into. Mm -hmm. They're kind of all standalone stuff, except for like three issues of the flash. Mm -hmm. So I was like, nah, I'll just maybe check out all of it. So it, the flash is like the second issue is just out this week. And it's, I mean, good. I don't, I'm not a regular flash reader. I have no idea who half of the mm -hmm. characters are in yep. this book, but it's entertaining. And so I was going to get them all as well. I didn't realize that the flash one had come out already. Uh, the For first issue I think was, uh, maybe last month or a few weeks mm. ago. I think the second one might be out tomorrow. So maybe I haven't read that yet. Wink, wink, wink. I'll have to check that out. I got all the stuff <laughs> leading up to it, like Shattered Generations and yeah. you know all the things yeah, that yeah. led up. I've got a whole Crisis section right back there, so I'm definitely getting yeah. all of it, yeah. Um, let's see what else. The, uh, the Joker series just wrapped up, and holy crap. <laughs> I, it is so good. It's probably one of my favorite books of the last year or so. And I, I don't love the Joker. I think he's way overplayed and overused. And 
seems to be, I don't know. It's like what, I, I don't know what else they can do with him. It's like mm-hmm. they've made him as deadly as he can be. And it's like, I don't know what else you do with him. Uh, like even the, the three jokers series that was out, you know, and like, mm-hmm. wasn't great. I mean, it was all right, but the art was gorgeous. It was Jason mm-hmm. Fabok, but yeah, I didn't love it, but man, this Joker book is amazing. And I keep telling everybody I talk to about it. I tell the reason it's so good is because it's not really a Joker story. It is an amazing commissioner Gordon story. It's well now retired Jim Gordon story, mm-hmm. but so who, man, who wrote it? Uh, I want to say, Oh man, I want to say it was, uh, king or tinian but give me one second here yeah uh uh tinian and jeff johns wrote it together and this this was the cover of the last issue i don't know if i can get it in there very well but Mm -hmm. that is brian bolland oh yeah kind of doing a take on Mm -hmm. his killing joke cover i love this too this right here, it's like the little Apple symbol, but it's a DC, it's an old DC symbol with the bite out of it. <laughs> but yeah, awesome. so that series, I mean, one of my favorites from the last year or so. Uh, the new Savage Avengers series, mm-hmm. we're like three issues in on that. It's been I'm really fun. The first series was fantastic. It was so good. And I'm, you know, this one, it's, Different cast of characters, but it's been fun so far. Uh, it's the I, only Avengers book I read. I'm not I only picked it up because Elektra was in it. Yes, so. yeah. and she was front and center in episode or episode issue three. Yes. So yes. that was cool. Um, Punisher is fantastic. Him, you know, leading the hand. Uh, it's insane, and it's. Uh, we're four issues in, and uh, I'm pretty sure the proverbial shit is about to hit the proverbial fan. So, eventually, uh, it's going to have to run head into Electra and Daredevil. Probably, I would, I would think. think so. I would think so. Um, but yeah, so interesting. Um, Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, which is the Steve Rogers mm-hmm. book. They're doing a Steve book and a Sam book. Right. Both are good. The first two issues of Sentinel of Liberty are amazing. So good. And uh, I mean, it's just, uh, and it's being written by two guys that I am not super familiar with. And of course, I can't find it right now. <laughs> it was just sitting right here. But uh, yeah. So I got both of my first two issues are variants. So that's the first one. The second one is this amazing Peach Momoko cover. Mm. Yeah. But uh, I don't always love her stuff, but uh, that one's pretty rad. But uh, so these guys are Jackson Lanzig and Colin Kelly. And I, to my knowledge, I've not read anything by them, but this is, it's pretty good. Like, I mean, it's, it's getting into kind of the background of the shield Mm -hmm. and, 
you know, all the way from, you know, of course, it's like a vibranium alloy. So that goes back to Wakanda. So then it kind of, it, it's just, I mean, this, it, it's crazy. It's, it's, we're only two in and it's really, really good. So I'd recommend that. And I'll stop there. I, there's tons more I could go on about, but I'll stop there. There are a lot of good books out right now. And so for me, I would just want to highlight, I mean, obviously Daredevil number one, the new volume came out and it was exciting and a, an old character returns, which was really fun. This looks like it's just going to continue exactly where Zdarsky left off. It's going to be amazing. And then the Superman corner of the world. I don't know that Superman has been better in quite a while. It's Okay. So good. This war world story. Yeah. When you've got what I love about this story is you have Superman stripped of his powers, essentially. And you find out why Clark and Kal-El are basically an amazing person. Like, okay. Why we love Superman. It's not his powers. It's who he is. And Absolutely. this story exemplifies that in the best ways. There are pages that I just yeah. want to take pictures of and post online. Yeah. Um, because it talks about, I mean, it's the best of humanity. It's really what we should all strive to be. That's and, cool. Um, but you don't want to spoil things and put that out there. So I don't do that, sure. but um, yeah. I could. And then the Son of Kal-El book with John is fantastic. I know he gets a lot of crap and people want to say, oh, it's the woke Superman and blah, <laughs> blah, blah. It works well. It's fantastic. John is a great character. Yeah. Uh, Tom Taylor is an amazing writer and it's all coming together and it's so good. And then there's a book coming up and it's a Superman story and it's written by Mark Russell. And if you don't know Mark Russell, very funny, very political, um, likes to poke fun at well political things or different groups or whatever. And there's a good satire going on all the time. He's an amazing writer and it's being drawn by Mike Allred. I love. Oh, I know yeah, he's yeah, hit okay. or miss with a lot of people, but um, it will be a beautiful book to look at and it will have a point. And um, I know somebody uh, who writes with me at wanderingsandwoolgathering.com who has read a preview issue and he said it is maybe the best Superman story of the year. And I told him on Twitter today that that's saying a lot because War World is something that everybody must read if you're that's even cool. remotely a Superman fan. That's cool. So, so uh, the war world is that is Mongol involved mm -hmm. in that? Yeah, a Mongol should be. Okay. Of course, yeah, because right. you know how that works. But sure, yeah, and so obviously there he's there and he's losing his powers. Red Sun, there's, there's things underground that help to drain power, and he was already kind of losing it a little bit, like mm -hmm. weakening somewhat, and so now you're finding out his true power is not his strength. We already knew that, but it's cool sure. when somebody can really highlight it in an authentic way. And yep. I think that's what uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson has done. Yeah. So you said you're doing the Dark Crisis stuff and you're talking yep. about Superman. Did you? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. I love I love that. Like the John's costumes, kind mm -hmm. of a Robin looking. Costume. Yes. <laughs> For quite a while. It's pretty yeah. awesome. It was an interesting story or series of stories actually so yeah um and while know. we're talking about superman i was going to show you my shirt i got it's like a whole thing mm -hmm. Ac action comics number 23 do you know what the significance of that issue is 20. i didn't know this when i bought the shirt but i looked it up 23 mm -hmm. i have action no idea comics number 23 
No, what's the significance? It is the first appearance of Lex Luthor. Really? Yeah. I don't know why I would have thought that was earlier. Uh, yeah, you would think, mm-hmm. right? Because that's his guy, so mm-hmm. his arch nemesis. But Action Comics 23, right there. Awesome. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? So anyway, we are, you're right, though. There are a million good books out there. I mean, you could spend $1,000 a month and get quality reading material. There's just yeah. uh, got a lot of great writers and amazing artists. And um, we're getting ready to do Sandman, and I was so pleased at number 12 uh, because oh, it's one yeah. of the artists I love. And uh, Oh, yes. I didn't realize that he had done that. That's how that uh, happened, I so. didn't remember that either, but I saw it, and I'm like, this art is different. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's what, that yeah, sense. and he is, yeah, he is amazing. He's one of those yeah. guys. I think about a lot of the, there's always differences between the artists, but there are some stylistically that you just that are very different. You know, yes. Mike Allred mm-hmm. is very different. Uh, Humberto Ramos is so different, and I think Chris Bocciolo is another one of those. Yeah, who's so unique and different, and Jack Kirby obviously it's goes funny. into that. I, too. I still don't know. He's one of those dudes that I still don't know exactly how to pronounce his name. Like you say that, I've always said Bacalo, just because that makes sense mm-hmm. in my head. I don't right. know. I've never but heard it said. He's awesome. Yeah. Either way, whatever <laughs> his name is. Yeah, I don't, yeah, and I've heard Bacello. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. make sense to me, but I don't no. know. So, all right. Well, I say we get on to. Sandman 11 and 12. What do you say? Absolutely. I'm going to get my materials over here because there's a lot to go through. i got to bring out the uh, the brick here. <laughs> this is getting exciting because we are just a few weeks away from the show. And uh, I think there's another trailer coming. Um, yeah, I just one popped up in my YouTube recommends. Uh, so I don't know if that was a new one or what. I think, somebody, I think it said I think, trailer it said trailer number two, I think. Trailer two, I think, is one that came out a couple weeks ago. Okay. If I'm I haven't mistaken. watched I haven't watched any trailers. Really? No. I don't want to. I couldn't resist. I don't I don't want to. Oh, what do we got? Harrison's talking to us here. Our buddy Mike. What's Mike got to say? Has any comic ever made either one of you cry? Um, yes, actually, uh, actually, yes. Uh, this this Superman one like came real close, came real close. But uh, well, that's really kind of a manga. No, that's a that, that um, counts. That counts. So Mike Harrison said, uh, "Gil Kane is always the easiest spot." Yes, um, mm. yeah, Gil Kane. Yes, absolutely. When I was a kid. He was one of the first artists that I instantly would recognize his style because it was so different than everything else I was looking at. I didn't, I didn't at the time, like at first I didn't really know who he was, but I instantly his art was just different and like, Oh, that's Gil Kane. Oh, that's a Gil Kane. So yes, he is a good example of that. Hey, I'm uh I'm going to post this on here right now. Oh, yeah. That is, okay. here's the, just while we're here doing kooky comic stuff, this is the book, A Secret Path, and it's the yeah. story, um, a true story of Channing Winjack, uh, who is a native 
of Canada back when they forced all of these uh, indigenous people into these church camps and they were abused and yep. he escaped and he traveled forever in the snow. And of course, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but you should definitely watch it. You can um, probably YouTube it and it's got um, Gord Downey's from Tragedy. Okay. Uh, I'm sitting here and Steve has frozen. So I don't know what you all are seeing. Magically hip. Back. Okay. Are we back now? I think so. Yeah. I was spinning there for a minute. Anyway, set. watch it, <laughs> listen to it. It's tragic, it's horrible and beautiful at the same time, and you will be a puddle of tears. So, Mr. Harrison, you and your wife watch that. I think you will enjoy it. And uh, so, if you don't know who Gordon Downey is, though, he's got an interesting yeah. voice. The songs are powerful. Yeah, Tragically Hip's a cool band. I first yeah. heard of them from Saturday Night Live. That's where I first heard him in like 92 or something like that. I don't know. I don't know exactly what year it was, but uh, Dan Aykroyd was hosting and they were the mm -hmm. guests. I think he kind of maybe requested having them on because, you know, he's Canadian and loved them. Mm -hmm. So that was the yeah. first time I had heard him. So, But yeah. uh, I, you know, you bring up the indigenous people in Canada and I've been listening to a podcast about the, uh, the residential school system. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. So horrible. Like just the, the abuse and the treatment and just insane. Like it's, a, you can't even imagine that that was, I mean, I don't know, was probably still happening in our lifetimes, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought of another one, Mike. Uh, the last issue of Sweet Tooth. Freaking Lemire, he just gets you every time. That dude knows how to pull it out of you. <laughs> um, anywho, are we ready? You know what's kind of fun is um, we were talking about Kirby and stuff, and we have lots of Kirby oh, yes. in Sandman 11 and 12. Yes. Um, what a crazy <laughs> couple of issues this was. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, touching on a lot, like a lot of a lot of callbacks, a lot of uh characters like, you know, catching up with characters and like, you know, touching on DC universe proper mm -hmm. stuff and yeah, a lot going on here. Indeed, indeed. Um yeah, and then and they bring Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor into it. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of fun. So yeah. Um, so anyway, I guess, how do you want to do this tonight? You just want to start off with walk through it or just talk about the high points? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it just kind of starts off with, uh, Rose is looking for her. She's back in America mm -hmm. after meeting with her grandmother and she's kind of looking for her little brother and, you know, this, this, um, uh, I don't know what you call it. this series. This story is called the doll's house. So mm -hmm. this is kind of where we see the, what they're calling the doll's house. Um, and it's just this, you know, boarding, well, boarding house is wrong. I don't right. know. 
it's just kind of a like a, a big house divided into apartments and she this is where she's staying while she's going to look for her brother so you meet just kind of everybody that's living in there you got like a a drag queen guy and a this weird couple of women that are you know they collect mm-hmm. dead spiders and <laughs> and uh Who's who's the other one? The, oh, Barbie and Ken. Barbie and I thought Ken. That, mm-hmm. Thought that was hilarious because they have to live in the doll's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the weird guy upstairs who we don't meet for a minute. Very cool guy though. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of like it because he shows you. It's like a, as you're watching a movie with somebody entering the house, and then a couple of pages later, we get her sending a letter to her mother, and she kind of gives her opinion of what she's seen on these characters. Yeah, kind of a nice little touch, and then of course that, you know, highlights the uh, the old uh, crow as well. So, yes, um, and this kind of in the you know like it 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 shows her getting settled into her apartment or whatever, and then it immediately it's like a cut to this weird thing. Like you're not sure exactly what's going on. It looks like a couple of superheroes flying this kid around. Mm-hmm. And quickly figure out that it's a dream, but then, but this is like the the Kirby Sandman, and you're like, what is going on here? And mm-hmm. like the the girl, I didn't recognize right away, but mm-hmm. then, but then we find out later who that is. And mm-hmm. then it's uh, there's uh, was it Brute and Glob? Yep. And we're like, oh, so there they are. They were missing, but here they are. Yeah, this was um, he was doing his version of a strip called In the Land of Wonderful Dreams that came out in 1905. Okay, so a little note in here that I thought was really kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, you have the annotated. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you get those little details that you're just like, God, he's so smart. Like every little detail has some significance to Neil Gaiman. Like it came from somewhere. It's not happenstance. It just it's really kind of cool. Um, and then we had a thing. Did you read it? It was like, it is our spooky bird. Yeah. Um, no, it says spooky. Well, one says it oh, is spooky. our spooky yes. next to it. Yeah. So spooky yes. is an error that appears. Okay. It correctly right. appears as spooky, um, elsewhere. So funny. I know it is weird, spooky, but, um, it kind of took me a minute though to figure that page out. That's one of those that's thrown in, and you're like, what in the world is going yeah. on? Well, but then at the end, like it's kind of this this kid in this obviously mm-hmm. dream wakes up, and you're like, yep. it's horrible. Like this kid is locked in this basement. He wakes up. He has to like mm-hmm. basically go pee in the corner of this basement and go back to sleep on the floor. And then he kind of falls back into this dream world. And you're like, oh my god, what's going on here? Yeah, and you know it's bad because his current situation is all black. Yes. Yeah. Very dark. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. And then we get the rose writing the letter and all that. And um, oh, so we get Hal, Hal cross dressing. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's uh, Dolly, of course, because why mm-hmm. wouldn't it be? Because uh, we're in the doll's house. And did you catch the uh, picture in the background on the poster? The cure, the cure, the cure. <laughs> yeah, boys don't cry. don't cry as he's. Yeah, basically yeah. crying. <laughs> um, that was pretty funny. Yeah, and then like this, the letter stuff is interesting because this is kind of where you learn 
this boy that we have seen in this horrible situation is Rose's brother. Yep. And this is where we kind of start to put that together. Like she's trying to figure out where he's gone and he lived with uh, their grandfather and then their grandfather passed away. So now she's got to figure out where from there, where to go from mm-hmm. there. So, and then this Raven that has been pestering her and living outside her window is Matthew. So Yay. this might be, I think this is the first time he's named. Yes. And this is the first time he speaks. Yeah. And if you weren't paying attention along the way, I mean, you could just be like, oh, he's just in the background. I mean, it doesn't even stand out until he does the the tap on the window on the previous yeah. page. You yeah. don't really get the significance. And then now it's like, Matthew, the eyes of yes. dream. Yeah, so he's basically spying on Rose for dream because mm-hmm. she is the nexus. So they have to keep an eye on her. She's the vortex. Vortex. That's I always keep I keep saying nexus. Vortex. Yes. Now, if you're a Wheel of Time fan, she's the top Varen. So uh... okay, all right. <laughs> Around which things happen. <laughs> okay. So there you go. But uh, yeah, so it's funny too because Matthew's just like, man, this is boring. Like, why am I doing this? And he's like, we have to keep an eye on her. I feel I feel kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, a bird. Yeah. So, but yeah, and then, so then we cut back to Rose, and she has just gone to see uh, Dolly's drag show, mm-hmm. um, and she tries to take a shortcut through this alley and these guys try to jump her and this weird guy, like this shadowy figure kind of rescues her. And then we find out this is Gilbert who lives upstairs. (laughs) So mystery solved. Here's this guy and he's a very uh, proper gentleman. So the page is set up. So if you, if the bottom part was cut off and you watch her turn down the alley, you just know. Oh, sure. You know, I mean, it's just like one of those. But then the bottom of the page is very dark. Yeah. um, And then you know, the guys are catcalling her. Hey, kitty, kitty, you know. Yeah. um, Just asking for an ass whooping, which they get from an old dude with a cane, which is awesome. It's funny, too, because it's like as soon as they see him, they know like they they've obviously tangled with him before. Mm And then their only way out is running towards him. Like (laughs) trips, trips one and whacks one in the head and you know, offers to let her kick on him. She's like, no, these shoes are nice. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And they kind of create a little bond over this and he walks her home. Right. Um, Gentlemanly old dude. Yeah. He's good. And then we go back to our dream sequences. Mm -hmm. Um, Has this said who the woman is yet up to this point? I mean, I this right here, like I could tell who it was in this one. In the first, in the first one, it didn't. I don't, I don't remember it saying. I thought it did. I yeah, it might have. But uh, so, but of course, this wrong. is the this is the Sandman, and all we know is it's the Kirby design Sandman. Like I don't think it said who he was at first, but then this is uh, Lita. Lita oh, says, so if you go back a few pages to the second panel, it says, now Jed, Lita, and I will fly down to my dream dome. Okay. So you get the but, mention, but that's it at that point. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So this is Lita Hall, who is, which Lita is short for Hippolyta, which is 
she was in the um, Infinity Inc., which came from, which is kind of the the sons and daughters and relatives of the Justice Society. Mm-hmm. Well, at, at that time, it was the All Star mm-hmm. Squadron, right? But uh, and I don't think we find out till later that this Sandman is actually Hector Hall, is her husband, right? Who he was, man, he was several characters. I didn't realize he was the Sandman. I think I forgot that but it's been a long time since I've read this. But uh, he was in, when he first appeared in the All-Star Squadron, he was the Silver Scarab. And then he, I think he was Sandman here at some point. And then eventually he would become Dr. Fate. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of, I mean, this is all like DC proper stuff Mm -hmm. that we're dealing with here. Which makes this so much better. That yeah, they're pulling cool. these things in. It is very cool. So, um, yeah, and then we go back to uh, Jed back in the real world getting bitten by rats. And, mm. you know, he is in a world of hurt. He's in an yeah. awful place. You thought Harry Potter had it bad. This kid's I mean, really this, had it bad. this stuff, like this stuff with him in the basement calls to mind, like, what was that famous one? Was it the, the kid named Dave or what? What was that one? There was, it, it was very similar to that. It was this kid that was basically locked in a basement and abused all the time. And, hmm. and there's like a super famous, like all the kids read it. It's in like all the schools. Man, I can't think of what it is, but you'll anyway. come up with it. No, I won't because I didn't read it, but oh. <laughs> but I I know of it. Alrighty. Um. This one has one of those cool effects. Uh, the next page, it's a double page spread with um, Matthew flying across the bottom, carrying a message. Well, uh, Dream had told Dream had told him he needed a picture. picture. Yeah, he picture. needed a picture of the boy so that he could see, have a visual of what he looks like. Then he could find him in the waking yeah. world. Yeah, this so is kind that, of actually a huge plot point. Yeah. So. Yeah. Matthew That's snatched the picture and is flying it back. And that gets interesting. That's where I think this really, the plot picks up here. Um, because Dream can't find him. Yes. Um, which is odd. He should be able to find him with his powers, but he cannot, which means something is amiss. And um, he comes up with three uh, scenarios. Fiddler's Green, Brute, and a Glob, or the Corinthian. Yeah. And by I the like way, when... the Corinthian is one of the dis- most disgusting, creepy characters ever. Yeah. Um, oh. So, yeah, I like what Dream says. He said, each human is connected to the dreaming. They spend a third of their lives mm-hmm. in this realm. To break yeah. that connection would take power and knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, And then he runs through the suspects there, and he says, the Corinthian. And then we cut to the Corinthian. <laughs> And he's on the phone munching on eyeballs. Yeah. And it's shump, shump. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can you know because there are four eyeballs, and then there are three, three and, and then, then there three. are two, yeah. and then you get the crunching sounds, and it's like, yeah. oh my god, this guy's eating eyeballs. Yeah. And I love the phone call too. It's like so mm-hmm. like matter of fact and nonchalant. Yep. And he's basically booking his 
himself into this uh, some some kind of uh, convention of like-minded individuals. You're like, what is going on here? Yeah, like a weirdo meetup, murderer meetup, <laughs> or something. So, and I love too how they do this. He did it before. Uh, where like you it's like a regular colored panels and then when the mm -hmm. corinthian goes to leave a place he always puts his glasses on his sunglasses mm -hmm. on so people can't see his eyes mm -hmm. so you get that like the color when you see the glasses coming towards you know like your yeah, po picking them up and then yeah. it goes to like purple kind of tinted stuff because at this point we haven't seen him yeah and we we always see from his perspective everything that's um, going on which there is kind was of interesting. yeah there was like a very brief like one panel thing i think in his first appearance where you saw his face just er earlier yes not in this book not in this issue but like before okay i when thought he, we just saw him with the tub scene and no when he very huh. first appeared you saw him for like a split second like oh cool literally like one panel okay i have to go back and look at that but uh, typically, we see from his view at all times, yeah. Yeah. and so um, and then we uh, we get a, just a gruesome image when he says goodbye, boys. Like, hey, see, you. and there's two boys tied up, eyeballs gone, yes. blood. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's just disgusting. Yeah. So very cool. And then we go back to um, Rose and our gentleman friend, which he's always wearing that coat, which I love. Yeah. Kind of a, so Rose Rose has a lead on where to yeah. possibly go look for her brother. So she's rented this car, and uh, which she calls a rent a wreck. And <laughs> yeah. uh, Gilbert is standing by the car and says that he's going to accompany her and protect her. And she was like, "No, no." And he was like, "Oh, I insist." So <laughs> I'm an amateur knight errant. Yes. And, and uh, in the picture, he really does look like he's as big as the car. Yes. <laughs> it, yeah. it is a crapper. Yeah, um, that's like yeah. A, a Chevette or a Dodge Omni or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Some it is bad. Box. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So you feel a little better because you don't want her going off alone. Um, you know, there's danger afoot, especially with Jed. So, um, and then we we have a finishing scene there with uh, a little bit of the dream, and he's back in his basement scene, and that's when. Dream finds him. Yes. Yep. Um, and then how dare this is? I think this is cool. If they did this in the show at some point, yeah. this could be so amazing. Just yeah. the dawning of that mask um, mm -hmm. and and jumping into action, I think, could be so cool. Um, yeah, this is like uh, this made me think of the scenes in like all the the Batman movies where he's like pulling. It's like cut, cut, cut as he's mm -hmm. pulling on his gloves. And, yes putting on the cowl and <laughs> that's this is his uh batman gearing up moment here yeah i love like, it i um it's way cooler <laughs> i am angry lucian and it's yeah. my move and he steps to the door and he's got the helm on and it's so cool yeah and i love that fiery cape or, mm -hmm. you know robes whatever mm -hmm. like that's such a cool look they kind of got away from that after a while but in the early stuff here is pretty cool yeah. So in, anyway, I, I, I just, I'm curious how they're going to do that in the show and I hope they will stick somewhat to the book because that could be cool visually. Yeah. And that's the end of the issue. Yep. 
And that leads us to more, more crazy fun with uh, our other Sandman, so to speak. Yes. The poor dupe. Yep. So Find this out. one starts off as Sandman number 12, and we start off with Lita Hall is kind of like, I don't know, kind of like a, like a, almost like a Stepford wife kind of feel, like kind of robotic. And she's like, I don't quite know, you know, she's very confused and, you know, can't seem to clear the fog in her head and whatever. And yeah, Stepford was brought up earlier. So that's definitely an apt um, thing because she's just like a, she's a walking, she's almost a zombie. She's just sort of there. She gets no attention from Hal. Um, yeah. or Hector, sorry, and then uh, is this right? Hal Hector, no, it's Hector, yeah, Hector so, Hall, he- yeah, Hector Hall, and Hal was the crossbow, yes, yeah, and so, and she's we find out she's pregnant. Um, and mm-hmm. interestingly enough, she's been pregnant for a very long time, yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, she's like a total zombie, um, just kind of living there, and we find out why as we go along, right? But um, we also get some throwbacks to like. The, the TVs and watching the dream world. That's a Kirby thing. Yeah. And, um, and then we this get is, to our bad yeah. guys. It, it's hard to get into this without just kind of breaking it down. Like brute and glob. Mm-hmm. Like they were, obviously they were missing when, uh, you know, Lucian did the inventory of the mm-hmm. dreaming. They were one of the ones that were mm-hmm. missing. And um, so they have basically set up this, dream like thing that it's called the dream dome yes and they have recruited hector hall who you find out has been dead for a long time they've basically pulled him into this and somehow set him up as this sandman character um and he's like he i mean he basically is trying to play he was a superhero so that's kind of what he's doing he's trying to play a hero in dreams in people's dreams and uh but i still i'm i'm not quite sure what brute and glob are getting out of this other than it's theirs like they they basically i think they said that later like they're trying to just set up their own dream world that they controlled but it doesn't really seem like they were getting that much out of it to me they were yeah they were in charge i think they like being the boss of yeah that's so that's it i guess that was their end game and that's that's yeah i don't know but you're right about him being the superhero type his dream costume is very superhero he's got the emblem on his chest and he's got a cape and well um, that is the kirby sandman mm -hmm. so and that um, what well, I thought that was awesome too was that they I don't remember his name, but Brute and Glob had said they they had the the other one first, like Kirby's version, whatever that dude's name was. So so that happened in like what the 60s, 70s, I think maybe. I don't know. 70s, I believe. 70s, yes, because that's when he was would have been at DC. So that Sandman character from the 70s, now we're retconning that with this. So Brute and Glob set that up. And they had they were in control of that guy until something happened with him. And they had to get rid of him. Or he died. He killed himself, I think, is what they said. And then they got Hector, 
Hector Hall here. So I thought that was kind of cool. A little bit of like genius retconning there. So. What I love about Hector here is the acting through the art. Everything has right. like, it doesn't matter. He's positive about everything. doesn't matter what's mm -hmm. going on. All his stances, his, the, the way his head's tilted, his facial expressions, um, isn't that right, honey? And he's got this big stride yeah. going and a smile and he goes to another page and, you know, he's got his hand up in the air and, um, yes. Uh, and then he starts telling a story about how the stork, he's got to find out where that baby was brought by the stork, you know, and, yes. and he's got a smile and he's just everything he does. The acting is so perfect for that character. You know exactly yeah. what you're getting with him. I speaking to that, my favorite, you're talking about the stork on the previous page. Uh, Lita says to him, you won't be in any danger, will you? And he says, honey, you're talking to the man who rescued the tooth fairy <laughs> from the Jovian fishmen who stopped the big bad wolf from huffing down the Chrysler building. Nobody ever beats the Sandman. <laughs> and look at his face. Look at his head tilt. Yeah, I mean, he oh, totally yeah. believes it. I mean, he is yeah. like in this weird world where he believes what he's saying. He's it's a genuine. Great. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's dead, but it's a genuine you know, guy, just you get that feeling from him. So I, yeah. the art here is uh, absolutely brilliant. Yes. And oh, this is so, Bocciolo. This is, yes. um, yeah, so yes. I guess we shouldn't be surprised, right? Yeah, right. He's very expressive. And, and so then, like, he obviously he takes Lita, puts her to bed, and goes off adventuring. And then we cut back to, um, it, I, just, I lost his name, Jed. Jed, yeah. Uh, so we cut back to Jed, and he's they, he's out of the basement, and these this horrible old couple is they're basically they get money from the state for taking care of him and giant air quotes. It's eight hundred um, bucks a month. Yeah. For the yeah to to house this child. Yes. Um, it is it is the Dursleys <laughs> for those who've seen that you know. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but then the, he's basically a little more violent, a little more oh, violent than them. Absolutely <laughs> violent. I mean, he threatens the child to to lie to the state for yeah. them, and then he says, "Feel this," and he just cracks him right yeah. in the stomach. Um, punch. He just drills him, yeah, and then pushes him down the stairs and locks the door. Um, yes, yeah, these are nasty, nasty people. Um, where do we go from there? Oh, we go back to uh, Sandman's on his way. Yes. Yeah. The. Uh, um, yeah. So Sandman's back. Like he, there's, they have all these screens, mm -hmm. and that is, that is cool. Uh, well, Hector Hall, Sandman. I thought it was cool where um, Lita. I think she said something about their all of these screens and. You know, he's supposed to protect all these people, but like we only ever visit one child. And it's mm -hmm. Jed. Yes. So Yeah, that's true. And this is um this is interesting too because Brute and Glob, you kind of get the idea that they're not the brightest in the world, but they did construct or help construct barriers for dream knowing that he can and cannot do certain things but it's not good enough he says i am coming i'm coming through the barriers yes. you've erected in his mind yes i'm coming through the way be arduous and strange nothing will stop me and the imagery on these pages is very cool. yeah very cool very wicked um i i found the book i was thinking of 
about okay. the abused boy. It was uh, a child called It by Dave Pelzer. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I've seen that book a million times. It's in every mm -hmm. school ever. I, I but I couldn't pull it. Yeah, that's that's what it was. So anyway, I should have done that one. But carrying on, carry on, and then. So, um... Then we cut to Lita, like sitting in front of the mirror, brushing her hair. And it's like mm -hmm. you see, start seeing all these different versions. She's kind of running through like their, her and Hector's history together. You see him like in college and then her as, uh, I think her, her superhero character was called Fury. But uh, yeah, so, and she was, she is the... Wasn't she the the daughter of the supposed to be the daughter of the Golden Age Wonder Woman? She is, and, yeah, and Steve and Trevor. Steve Trevor, which was it turns out at this time was uh, Hippolyta, not Diana. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yes. So yeah, so shows her as the Fury and whatever, and she's like trying to figure out what's going on and all of that, still feeling very confused. Yeah, she, she's sort of walking here. Uh oh, I lost Monday. Um, one here. thing I found. <laughs> you back? I, yeah, I guess so. You froze up on me. I don't. I mine on my end. I was yeah. good, and you were frozen. So. <laughs> uh, all right. So anyway, I was gonna the bottom panel, right hand panel on that page. Um, it says, you know, and after the wedding, she came to live in this house and she was very happy. They were also very, very happy. And she's bawling in the, just in the panel. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. and she's just, she's doing her hair to do her hair. She's just, she's like, yeah. you know, walking through life. No, you know, well, aimlessly, nothing there. And on um, the very next, the very next panel at the top of the next page is he's on the screen. He's like, hi, babe, just calling and <laughs> checking in. You know, everything's great here. Uh, yeah. That's nice, dear. Have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, going off to fight Dream, which is not going to end well. So. Yeah. So Brute and Glob, yes, they're scheming and trying to figure out what to do and how to how to handle the imminent arrival of the dream lord yeah because they know <laughs> yeah um okay then we go um oh we're back to um rose to rose yeah rose and gilbert yep she's somewhere in the middle of nowhere in georgia and the corinthian is also in georgia in atlanta well yeah, I love how they do this. So the car's broken down, and they walk, her and Gilbert walk to the nearest hotel. And this guy, so the sign outside the hotel says, Welcome Cereal Convention. Mm -hmm. And it's spelled like breakfast cereal, Welcome yep. Cereal Convention. So he's <laughs> like, oh, these rooms, they're all booked up. You know, this convention, I don't know. And they'll be here in the morning. And she's like, well... We could just, you know, we'll be out first first thing in the morning before they even get here. So he gives them a room. And then the last panel on that page, the guest it's list, so it starts, good. you start reading all these names. And it's like all of these weird, yeah, so all of these weird names. 
And I like that she says, so what do you think cereal fans are into? Maybe they collect those little plastic figurines and old <laughs> Captain Crunch whistles. Yes. So, you know, then we cut to the Corinthians. So obviously that is not the kind of cereal convention we're talking about. <laughs> so the here's the list. The, these are the people on the list. Bonanza, the Bone Gardener, Brother Chip, the California Widow, the Candyman, Christian, Cincinnati Oyster, <laughs> the Corinthian is on the guest list, Daffy Duck, <laughs> the Devil, Kentucky, the Devil, Oregon, Dog Soup, the yeah. Dutch Uncle, the Faggoteer, the Family Man, and Flesher. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, not, not a serial convention as such. <laughs> so, yeah. So then we see the Corinthian, who is in Atlanta, in the... An alleyway somewhere and he's uh basically playing off like he's he's cruising for uh these two guys and they're like yeah you know great and uh <laughs> I, it's hilarious that they <laughs> the guy says you're look, looking for a little rough trade and uh yeah so <laughs> listeners if you don't know what rough trade is look that up you'll enjoy that rabbit hole um, <laughs> no you won't no please don't do it so, um, so yeah, so then, you know, the guys are like, they're acting, they're trying to, you know, roll some guy for money and whatever. And so they try to jump the Corinthian and he immediately, you know, takes them out and they pull his sunglasses off and they're like, Oh my God. And I think one of the guys goes to grab his face and he bites his fingers off with his eyes. Yep. So yeah, it's nuts. So he, kills these guys and you know well i love it in his nonchalant way now gentlemen you've had your fun yeah. i think it's time for me to have mine yeah <laughs> oh yikes i like that he's like oh so, nice nice knife easy action this is the switchblade they had that they were going to use on him <laughs> so. uh then, then we go back to uh dream so and, yeah so uh, hector hall is out there and he's like you know, Brute and Glob had convinced him that this nasty monster, this nightmare monster is coming. So he's like, oh, come on, nightmare monster. I'll <laughs> take you. And it's dream. And he was like, stupid human, get out of the way. Like, you know, little, little ghost, he calls him. <laughs> yeah, he calls him that over and over. You try my patience, little ghost. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then this is mind? where this is where the dream world and the waking world start to mesh a little bit, kind of mm -hmm. start to come into one. Everything Brute and Glob's world starts falling apart, and the Jed in the basement, like stuff starts creeping in there. Because that's where like Dream is trying to find him through. Brute and Glob's world, so all of this starts crashing in on each other. Yeah. Um, how many pages forward did you go on that one? How many what? Pages forward did you go? There's lots of cool pages of the fight. Well, it's not really a fight so much um, because he's so overwhelming to them. I love the panel when he gets to the end and he's like, Brute, Glob, hello? And then uh, they're on the next page, like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, good, good stuff. And um, 
And we get but, back no, to okay. Wait, before we move on to that though, during this fight, I love that Hector Hall is like, "I am the Sandman, guardian of the dreams of men, protector against wicked nightmares, lord of the Dream Dome, and friend of children everywhere." <laughs> you are what? And, and he starts him like laughing and cracking up. Dream laughing at this mortal idiot. It's like the creepiest thing ever. It's it's so creepy. He's like, oh, humanity, I love you. <laughs> I like, wow. uh, you never cease to amaze me. What a creepy, creepy uh, dude. Yeah, and then, he, you know, this has been amusing, little ghost, and that was not something I expected. So, yeah, um, that was cool. And then he brings it all kind of to a close, and you get Brute and Glob, who they really are, they yeah. are smarmy little guys, and um, they bow down to dream. Yes, yes, and this is this is great. This is where we find out um, about the. It's uh, Garrett Sanford was the previous Sandman before yes. Hector Hall, and I was like, oh my god, they just tie it into mm -hmm. everything. It's so cool, so connected. I love it. Yeah, and then. Um, <clears throat> so he has to send Hector back to where he's supposed to be in the land of the dead because he's not alive. Yes. And of course, with Lita, that does not sit well. She doesn't understand. Um, she she like actually is blaming Dream for killing him. She doesn't understand. Yeah. She lunges at him, goes right through him. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, we find out, well, I guess we don't really find out, but, um, you know, she's pregnant. But Dream's claiming the child because he yeah. was in the dream world, um, which was kind of interesting. And so that's going to return at some point where he's going to collect on that child. Yes. That's so that's so weird. It's like a, I don't know, like a Rumpelstiltskin thing. It's just bizarre. It's And like he, does, he gives no explanation. He's no, like, yeah, like you're free I to claim, build yourself a life, but yeah, I but yeah, the child, it's mine. Yeah, that child is mine. Take good care of it one day. I'll come for it. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And she starts to protest, and he's like, "No, nah, I had, I have to be somewhere. Got to go." <laughs> <laughs> Until then, farewell. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, and she's like over my dead body. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see about the, that. The last page is such a great, great cliffhanger. Such a great cliffhanger. Yeah, like I did Jed, not. I did not see this coming around this quickly when I was reading yeah. this. So Jed has escaped this basement, and uh, he's just—you see someone driving, and you see that he's pulling up on this kid walking in the rain. Rolls down his window. Hey, kid, which way you heading? Anywhere? I don't care. Just away from here. He's like, well, that's where I'm going. So, what's your name, Jed? Why are you wearing those things? It's so dark. Can you see okay? And you see the guy's face with the sunglasses on. He's like, oh, I can see everything. <laughs> I can see just fine. And I was like, oh, oh shit. Freaking Corinthian. <laughs> you want some Captain Crunch? Um, yeah, I really did not. It was such, I mean, you look back on it, and you're like, oh, yeah, I should have seen that coming. But I did not. When I got to that page, I didn't think that was where we were going to go with that. But yeah. Um, Damn Corinthian. That's one spooky character. Do we know who's playing the Corinthian in the series? I don't know. I don't I don't know who most of the cast is. I, I mean, I know the I've uh, 
what's her name Gwendolyn Christie obviously Mm -hmm. I know who she is um I really don't I don't I just saw a picture of the girl who's playing death I'm not familiar with her I don't remember Mm -hmm. the name I know a lot of people are you know talking shit because she's a black woman like I mean they've they've whatever doesn't matter They, they appear as different you know, whatever. It's like the, the classic image of that character is like a chalk white girl with the, the little black squiggly thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, who cares? It's and funny. let's be honest. How many people watching the show are going to know this story? Yeah. I mean, obviously I, there are fans of this that are, you know, that's who is vocal or, you know, whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's a Netflix show. People are going to be watching this. They have no idea what this is. Yeah, so. I guarantee most people will not have read it. Yeah. So, yeah, who cares? Make it good. Make the story, yeah. you know, close to this. They're going to make changes because some of this wouldn't work in a yep. show. And I get that. So I'm not yeah. going to hold it against the show. But the essence of the show or of this book should be there. Yes. You know, Dream, his essence should be front and center in that show and if they get that right yeah who cares let's roll i saw one of the comments was like uh something about uh oh they're all supposed to be i wish they would have made him look closer to the characters like all of the endless are supposed to be like chalk white with dark features and blah 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 except for destruction because he gave up his position and what i'm like cares like as long as it's good and they look decent like it doesn't matter it's a tv you're going from one medium to another stuff's going to change it has to it has to and and that part isn't central to the characters no yeah it doesn't at all yeah it doesn't matter no oh man we had nothing tonight we went an hour and 20 yeah (laughs) we didn't have one pretty good for pulling the show out of our butts (laughs) oh man well next week we're going to have issue 13. Hopefully, we'll get JPP back. He's been having some technical difficulties. I'd like to see him back on the show. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. We've been missing him. Definitely. And then... Um, um, oh, we got Mike Harrison said the audiobook was great. I have not listened to that. I have not because it was on Audible, and I don't have Audible. I've had a friend that has offered to copy it for me and give it to me. I haven't done it yet. I really want to listen to that. Uh, I think actually my wife listened to that because her boyfriend was uh, Dream, who's James McAvoy. So that's her boyfriend. So in case you all know. Wow. Yeah. So I do want want to listen to it, but yeah. Yeah, you don't have any time to listen to anything, Monday. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, Fantastic. Okay, so next week it looks like uh, Jack White. And issue 13 and some sort of challenge. We really failed everybody without a challenge this week, but uh, ah, we had plenty to talk about. Next week, we'll have a challenge, we promise. And maybe at some point, we'll have Mike Harrison on the show. He seems like a super fan. He's taking Andy's spot as number one super fan. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he probably just didn't have anything better to do. No, 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 no. Mike's a super fan. I can tell. Yeah, but welcome anyway. <laughs> All right, Metalhead Monday, between now and next week, where might we find you? Uh, easiest place is on Instagram, at Metalhead Monday. You see right there, it is M-U-N-D-Y. Right. And on Instagram, follow um, 
Mr. Kevin Rader wrote a ball because we want you to figure out what that song is that we can't figure out. Um, okay, what did he say? We got, uh, oh, Mike Harrison said to call his agent. Oh, will do. We'll Guess do. we won't Definitely. see you. <laughs> we don't call agents. So um, we'll call Andy. Andy will be on the show. We don't deal with agents, only publicists. Oh, yeah, good point. All right. And you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Foggy's Pal. And guess where you can find our show, Mr. Mundy? Let's see. You can name all the places. Go. Uh, Stitcher, CastBox, YouTube, Facebook, and whatever else I forgot. SoundCloud. Did I forget one? You forgot the two biggest. Apple. And? Spotify. Yay! Yay that's correct. And you can head over to wanderingsandwoolgathering.com for some articles. We've uh, been hot and heavy on the new Big Brother season. Uh, and we just had a recent um, review of Thor. We probably should have talked about Thor tonight. But we missed didn't. that one. <laughs> we both saw it. Dang it. And then uh, and uh, within the next week here, Mr. Mundy and I are going to have a review of the David Quartet album, Song yes. by Song. Yeah. So um, until then, episode 100 and uh, is it 20 next week? I don't, yes, yes, I think next says, week is. <laughs> yes, your scroll here says one nineteen. So one twenty next week we will be back. I can't believe we're at one twenty. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna find an outro. Hold on for me. Are you guys ready? We'll see you next Always. week. Bye now. Bye.